Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. Who do we get the pleasure of talking to this week? Well, I just have to say I am so excited about my worlds colliding more and more with this podcast. Gratitude Blooming and Hestia Retreat Center are meeting today uh, with this in-depth conversation with Dr. Sophia Costa. And um, what's wonderful about this moment in time is we just finished our four-month winter incubator residency program. And for the past four months, starting at the end of January, we've had six visionaries, creators, um, change makers, really on the forefront of changing paradigms, um, literally starting from the inside out. And, you know, winter in Mount Shasta, California, is cold and it's dark and all you can do on the land is go deep inward. And I just love that um, we get to talk to Sophia right out of the incubation time. As we're going into the conversation, what I'll say is, Dr. Sophia, you have been an inspiration to me around vulnerability. So when I was looking through the 39 themes of gratitude blooming, I was like, what is the theme that summarizes the depth and and the gift I've received from you, you know, being able to spend time with you for four deep months here on the land. And um, I have to say, it's just witnessing vulnerability in, in, in all the ways. And, and this is very much the work that you're doing in the world is, is sharing around this heart-centered vulnerability. And so I wanted to start the conversation just reading card number nine, Rose, on vulnerability. And it says, it takes courage to be vulnerable. How can you show vulnerability to others? What can bloom from those connections? Hi, thank you, Belinda. And thank you, Omar, um, for inviting me to be part of this, um, you know, connection and conversation. And I'm so beyond grateful I get to share um, my story of, the direct experience I received while um, at Hestia in Mount Chasta. And I love, Belinda, that you brought up the card vulnerability because that's the card I have hanging on the wall at the eco cabin where um, I was living. (laughs) I have it right there. And that's the card (laughs) that has been the theme as, as, as you've expressed uh, the medicine that you received witnessing the unfolding of my journey, um, highlighting the power of, of vulnerability. I was living in Dallas for over a year with my family, and I was pulled to um, arrive to California again. I've lived in California for 10 years, and during the 2020 um, pandemic lockdown, I was pulled to be with my family in Dallas. So I was there for over a year. And then it was like, you got to go to California. I didn't know exactly where I was going. I just knew some areas I was stopping to visit friends and past clients of mine and just kind of like, you know, just really with the intention of ascending. So here I am and a handful of my girlfriends who don't know each other separately were saying within a week's time saying, you're going to Mount Chasta. You're going to Mount Chasta. I'm like, I had to Google where Mount Chasta was because I'm like, what? Where is it? You know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is way high up there. And I had 
I was like, wow, I'm road tripping solo. Like, this is it, you know? And vulnerability takes courage. And so it was courage that was my internal compass. And the word courage, Latin, C-O-R, means, you know, it, it, it pertains to all matters of the heart. That was my guidance that allowed me to, to arrive to Mount Chasta and experience the energies and the connections and the land in a way that cracked me wide open to receive a divine message for my second book called The Power of Being Known. So I arrive in November and and while I was meditating between two trees at an Airbnb homestead that I was at because I wanted to learn more about the land. The host had goats and ducks and chickens. And, you know, I I had expressed to her, I'm here to write my second book. It's a divine message I've received. She was like, you know, meditate between these two trees and don't leave until you receive it all. And I lay down, she gets a blanket out between the two trees. I lay down and immediately saw a vision of a human cell. And the human cell contains all the wisdom and information, DNA, you know, all the cells came together to create you. So of course, boom, I, I, I hear, you know, The power of being known is knowing you are one cell, one of many co-creating your entire being. And all of these cells carry an intelligence and it has advanced technology that formed your heart first to be the first organ to be designed while you're in your mother's womb. Out of all the organs, the heart is designed first, chosen first. Yourself chose your heart first. And the journey of being known is choosing your heart first. Heart first connection. That's the journey. That's amazing. I had no idea that the heart was the first. I never even thought about the heart being the first organ. I've never even thought about the sequence of our organs and what that actually means. Can you sort of dive into that a little bit more? And and maybe just also for a little context, you actually have your doctorate in physical therapy, right? And so, you know, you're not just kind of, I appreciate the wisdom received sitting between two trees, but I also love the fact that you've studied the body, you know, specifically as a physical therapist. And so I'd love for you to sort of bridge those two worlds a little bit. My undergrad is exercise physiology, bachelor's at Texas A&M University, four years as a personal trainer, integrating movement as healing, and then, um, you know, moved to California to study the body on a deeper level and earn my doctorate in August 2012. Even in that world, I could see the gap of like, this is beyond physical. I was witnessing emotional responses with every single client of mine, every single patient, that it was beyond the physical pain. And then I just dove deep into the why. Why is the body hurting? What is the body trying to say? I learned all things about the heart. Undergrad, for a year, we focused on cardiac rehab. And then I I experienced 12-week internship 
of cardiac rehab, six weeks inpatient, six weeks outpatient. I got to observe a five cardiac bypass surgery, saw all things about heart. We had to learn all about the heart. And then we were on site helping people who were experiencing heart issues. And the common theme I noticed among all of the patients, inpatient and outpatient, why are they all having heart issues? Different diagnosis, but the common theme, heart issues. Common theme, they were stressed out, feeling unfulfilled in their life, unhappy in some way, overworking, and an imbalance with um, nourishment and, um, you know, loving themselves wholeheartedly. And I noticed it's a malnourishment energetically, spiritually, emotionally. It's the common theme I saw with all everyone with heart issues. The heart is not weak. It's 5,000 times stronger electromagnetically than the brain. 5,000 times stronger. Say that again. That's amazing. (laughs) The heart is 5,000 times electromagnetically stronger than the brain. And the field of the heart, the electromagnetic field of the heart radiates several feet outside of you. Several feet. That gut feeling you feel like, ooh, came from your heart first. Your heart, your heart goes outside of you several feet. And actually, your heart is your first brain, is what I say. Your heart is your first brain. It's the first organ created before your brain brain. You have three brains. It's your heart, your brain, and your gut, connected by the longest cranial nerve of your body called the vagus nerve. Your vagus nerve is predominant in the parasympathetic nervous system. That's the chill mode, vacation mode. That's rest, digest, relax, restoration. You know, that's parasympathetic. Vagus nurse loves that. And it's like, ooh, harmony, all three brains. And we're just relaxing and, you know, that everything's okay. And then sympathetic is like stress, overworking and all the things. And, you know, like that's catabolic, meaning that's breakdown state of the body. Like, how is that nourishing? And that's what I witnessed among all the patients in the cardiac rehab setting with the common theme of heart issues. You know, it's it's reminding me of my father um, in at the beginning of 2020, before we sort of knew the pandemic uh, was was coming he was uh, living in Asheville, North Carolina, and he was having heart issues and surgery and all kinds of things. And basically, his heart was working at 25% capacity. And so we took the kids out of school and we flew uh, to see him because we weren't sure what was going to happen. And we saw, you know, the nurse and the doctor and basically they were saying he should go to hospice. And, you know, it was, so we just took him out to dinner. We took him to like museum. We did art. We just did all these fun activities. We just ate really good food. Um, and I remember the 
whoever the person is on the floor was like, you should say goodbye because people don't leave this floor. And we just infused positive energy while we were there. And, you know, it's now two years later and he's still alive, doing well. And I, so I really appreciate, you know, how little sometimes we know from the science point of view, like they had all the technical elements, they had all the drugs, they had all the surgery, they had all these things. But I think there was something about him just getting that boost from the family um, to be there. And I just, it's so strange to me that we have such a disconnected understanding of you know, the mind, the body, and the heart uh, in our sort of medical field. You know, we were, we had teachers a couple of weeks ago and I love this idea that your emotions are where your body and mind meet. And in some ways, it, I feel like it's the other way around. It's like, it's your heart that really is where it all begins is what I'm hearing you say. And so, you know, not even starting with the body or starting with the mind, start with the heart directly. Like, let's just skip a step here. Let's go straight to the heart of the matter, right? Like it's literally in our language. And so, you know, we, we know you go to a gym or something to train your body. You know, we, we hear all about mindfulness and meditation to kind of train your mind. What do you do to train your heart? Omar, I'm so happy your dad is thriving because love fuels the spirit of the heart to alchemize anything. That love fuels the spirit of the heart to alchemize anything. Yes, it can. It can be that easy. Mm -hmm. Remember the simplicity of life is that the true essence of who we are is love. We are designed by love. And everything is energy, right? So like energy fuels your cells to do their thing, right? Me speaking to you is fueled by energy. I get to choose the energy that fuels me to speak, walk, move, write, create, connect. I have the power to choose the energy and I choose the energy of love. And I allow love to choose me. It's a choosing. And that's the power we have that we have forgotten. Just that one even little nuance, what you just said there, which is the power to receive love. So often in these spaces, we think about what can I do, right? Like, oh, I can meditate to become mindful. And we have this, and that's like this logic, if then sort of mindset. And what I'm feeling is like, what is your practice of receiving, right? Like, and what is that practice to actually do nothing but just accept? And, and so, yes, you know, you can love, but wow, what is it to really, to feel beloved? That's amazing. And actually, that's my direct experience the past four months here at Hestia, incubating allowed me to dive deeper and receive myself. Day one, 
of incubation. Steve, uh, one of the mentors of uh, the incubation residency program, receive yourself, resonated with me. Those words coming out of his mouth. Two words, receive yourself. Wow. So that was the light the past four months that allowed me to dive deeper so that I can receive myself. And the injuries that I experienced at age 16 were all on my left side. I had surgery on my left leg. Two months later, I had heart issues at age 16. Two months after that, left-sided back pain that stayed for over 15 years. Until finally, well, what's all the left side about? The left side is receiving connected to the sacred feminine energies, which relate to nurturing, nourishment, creativity, flow. And the right side relates to the masculine energies of confidence, producing, getting your work out there, you know, like um, courage, that movement forward. When both are in harmony, you can propel forward with flow. And that's nourishing rather than feeling energetically burnt out. And so when I dove into the journey of receiving myself in all phases of my life, in the darkness and in the light, the courage is to receive yourself still in the dark and in the light. And to love yourself in every single phase of your life. By the time I began the incubation program, I completed my first draft within the first three weeks. I submitted a book proposal 10 days later. And then the book was like, you're done working on the book? Let me work on you. The sacred words that flowed through me was the medicine that I didn't even know I needed at the time. All right. It did. And then some. My father had a heart attack in February. Retired pediatrician. And they found 95% blockage in his heart. And so he needed like emergency surgery. They placed two stents. And gosh. To receive the news, I just wrote the first draft about the importance of connecting to your heart. And here I am receiving a direct experience and witnessing what happens when you don't. And when you don't choose your heart in return for a long time, she's going to speak to you in a way that's going to have you stop. And I remember receiving the news and has, and Belinda received, was there. We crossed paths right away and I'm in tears. I'm writing about the heart, but I'm seeing my dad experience an unhappy one. And I FaceTimed him and I expressed out loud. You know, when I was 11 months old, he lost his dad to a heart attack. His dad died in his arms and he attempted CPR and couldn't save his dad. 
And I could see he was still holding on to that heartache after all this time. And so I told him on FaceTime in February, you got to let that go. You didn't fail. You didn't fail. You saved my life. Remember that. So when I was born, I had the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. I entered this world not breathing. And my dad, off-duty pediatrician, pushed a pediatrician out to the side and grabbed me and cut the cord so that I can breathe. And I felt a heart, my heart say, you need to let him know so he can remember he saved yours. I said, Dad, I know that must have been hard losing your dad. But you got to remember, you saved my life. You and mom designed me. Remember that. Set yourself free. Forgive yourself for holding on to this guilt and shame and sense of failure that you couldn't save your own dad. You saved mine. And here I am writing a book about it. And how did he receive those words in that moment? I saw a a sense of letting go, clarity, truth, a resonance that it was like a song he needed to hear. The truth and permission to let it go. You know, you said that your heart is your first brain. I think I'm going to now say that you're your brain is your second heart. You know, that, like we've got to shift this language, right? Because even that language of, you know, your heart is your first brain is actually kind of saying your brain is really first. But if your brain is your second heart, then all of a sudden it really sort of prioritizes because it's your brain that needs to then switch from that sort of negative sort of biological bias that we have. And, you know, you said that you receive what you perceive. And so if we perceive things first with our brain, then that's what we're receiving with. And so what does it mean to then receive with our hearts? And what is that sort of openness? Like, how do you do that? Because, you know, the brain has all these, like, has its eyes and its ears and it's like, it's thinking well, to really listen with your heart, it, it takes a totally different level. I feel like we should pull a gratitude blooming card with that as just an invitation. Number 28, the agave discovery. How can you transform discomfort into discovery? Can you be grateful for the question even before finding the answer? And so when you look at this card, and you look at this plant, what comes up for you? This is everything. Discovery of self transforms the discomfort. <laughs> That's it's self-discovery. Sophia, I just also am appreciating hearing, you know, these different aspects of your life journey and then this past four months of, you know, writing this book and then receiving the book as part of receiving yourself. Um, 
And I feel like this card is also really timely in that you're in this transition point of leaving the incubation container, right? But which I am having this vision of, you know, us all as uh, it fetuses in the womb and, you know, what that's like to then prepare to be out in the world. And I feel like, you know, the incubation container of, of, of Hestia, it was very much like that. And and what so what is the medicine that you're receiving right now as you're in this point of literally integrating everything that you've experienced and knowing that there's a change ahead you know how does this connect or is there anything else that's coming up for you for for our listeners who many you know are in inflection points in their lives you know it'd be great to hear in the raw you know, what that's like for you in this moment. I felt I came full circle entering the world, being born without breathing, right? The cord was wrapped around my neck and here I am, I'm birthing. Uh, uh, gosh, like with, with uh, breath for life. And I remember sitting there during the birthing ceremony. Yes, the book co-created me. I am being birthed and I can breathe. I can breathe. You know, and I, I felt like I saw this image of be, born Sophia, you know, baby Sophia coming full circle and healing from that, that trauma of like my nervous system being able to relax. Now we don't have to fight for our breath anymore. We are we discovering yourself like and, and realizing the truth of who you are is, is really love and your cells are fueled by love and are ampli- amplified the spirit of your heart is love. And you get to choose that energy, love or 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 anger, and 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 accept it all rather than judging. You know, all every emotion deserves a seat in the table. Um, I feel like, gosh, just the experience of past four months has just really deepened the connection with myself. Understanding I can receive myself in every phase of my life with acceptance and. And live wholeheartedly and, and um, being able to explore life in a new expansive way and integrate and this reborn Sophia uh, and, and, and gradually start, you know, like sharing the gifts of this medicine that I got to receive directly. And, um, you know, it's... It's been a journey I'll forever remember and, and it's setting me up for the rest of my life. And it's just really, there are no words, you know, that really describe like this transition, but it's a, it's a feeling that, gosh, everything in my life was worth the experience to arrive here. Everything, every moment, every tear, every heartache, every grief, every excitement, every joy, every happiness, all of it, all encompassing, all inclusive is worth feeling, seeing, hearing, and experience and loving and receiving myself through it all because it led me here. And I'm excited for what's going to unfold and choosing to continue to be present, connecting to my heart first. Hallelujah. That feels like a beautiful place to say thank you. And, you know, we appreciate you sharing of yourself and and how 
you've evolved and been evolved. You know, I, I think about in meditation, there's this idea that you don't just focus on your breath, but you focus on being breathed. And that's what I sort of feel is like, oh, this is what receiving sort of feels like. So thank you. Um, I appreciate you. And looking forward for to all of the beautiful ways that you're going to share this medicine in the form of the book and beyond. So thank you for taking the time to share your gifts with us, Sophia. Thank you. So we invite you to continue to support our podcast. Please like, subscribe, send us tweets, comments, emails, all of it. You know, this is a growing conversation around what heartfulness really means. You know, I just, I, I think I've said this idea that we need to shift from mindfulness to heartfulness, but now, you know, particularly with the last few guests we've had, I really do feel like we're now part of a movement. So, uh, join us. Cheers. Cheers.